You're listening to Hey Man, the advice podcast for men. I'm Avi Klein. I'm Sam Graham Filson. I'm a therapist. Sam's a novelist. Each week, we answer one of your questions and hopefully get a few of our own questions answered as well. And this week, our guest is the writer, Hussein Kesvani. You can find his writing at Mel Magazine and also the recently published book, Follow Me Aki, The Online World of British Muslims. We talk about the online world of British Muslims as well as the trolls that love them. And Hussein helps us with a very important question at this time of the year. A man reaches out who's having trouble feeling sufficiently joyful on Christmas. So you guys originally met because, um, Avi, you were a uh, a source for one mm-hmm. of um, Hussein's stories. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. What, what was the story about? What was the story about? It was about... Um, all I remember was that I was in a very loud coffee place. Yeah, I remember that. Because... I had to get an into. I had to get it done in a certain. I think you only had like a certain time frame. I did, yeah. Um, and it was. I felt really bad, like afterwards. I was like, I wish I had done it in a quieter place. <laughs> but um, we were talking about incels and things. Yeah, like that. we're always. Yeah, always. In, I think it was about. Um, oh, I've done so many incel stories. I can't <laughs> even remember. Actually, for for um, people, I mean. It, did people it not seems know? like everyone knows what an incel is, but yeah. some people, I, I guarantee, like my parents who may be listening to this podcast, and I'd be curious to hear like your is. your definition. Yeah, what's of the it's definition? always like shifting, but I feel like on the base level, the incel is someone who like so incel stands for involuntarily celibate, right? It's a group of guys who believe that like society works against them in like different ways um, to kind of keep them celibate or to kind of work against them so that they don't reap the benefits of what they believe men or just like people should deserve so in this case it's kind of like having it can range from just like sexual relationships to romantic intimate relationships there was an interesting video that went out on jubilee uh which is jubilee is like a youtube channel they kind of do the i don't know if you've seen like the you know you have two people arguing different sides and just Uh, like maybe we can meet in the middle neither of us are very online and i feel like you're very online (laughs) too online i think um but it was it it went viral a couple of weeks ago because it was just like this was the first time an incel was like actually answering questions Mm. which is kind of very rare like most of the time most of the incels that i speak to tend to be on like um encrypted chat groups or like from my networks and it tends to all be like a little bit shady. So this was the first time, but like, so this I is think someone was being able to open. This so is really. like the first question that comes to my mind, even though it's like, I'm sure that this incel would actually, maybe the incel would be, would be pleased and feel vindicated yeah. by the fact that I'm asking this question, but what did this guy look like? Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, he had like very long kind of uncapped kind of felt unwashed hair. He had a very bright yellow hoodie. Um, he was like a little bit stocky. He didn't, I mean, he didn't look unattractive. That's the thing. Like he didn't look unattractive because he was kind of saying that, oh, you know, because of my looks and because of, and sometimes when you go into the incel world, it's a real trip because, um, I don't know whether you've spoken about this on the show, but there was that piece in the New York times where it was like guys were getting facial reconstruction. New York magazine. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, facial reconstruction because they believe that like they're kind of, they like all have body dysmorphia because they're not unattractive people. Well, like Elliot yeah. Roger, you know, the, probably the most famous incel along with the guy in yeah. Toronto. Um, yeah. Was a, was a handsome guy, I thought. I mean, his, yeah. you know, and, and so it's not just, it's, uh, yeah, obviously it's partially dysmorphia, but mm-hmm. also like some of them I think are mad because they feel like yeah. they should be getting more recognition for being mm. good looking. I think again, it's like, like a spectrum yeah. because some people like, 
oh, we don't just deserve sex. We deserve like intimate relationships. And then when you unpack what an intimate relationship is, it's like, oh, actually like what you want is a partner who kind of does all the emotional work for you and you don't have to. Mm. And because you lack that, you're kind of calling yourself an incel. There's actually a lot of like infighting in incel communities about this. Like who gets to classify themselves as an incel or not? Like and who's like, truly a victim right. here? And there's like, like this whole like fake cell um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm obsessed with this right now. There's like this whole fake cell thing where like incels are kind of saying, accusing other incels of being fake cells because they're like, no, actually you're fine and you're good looking and you just don't want to put the effort in, but I'm, I put the effort in and I don't look, you know, and I don't reap the reward. So like who gets to call themselves an incel and who doesn't? Hmm. It's really messy territory, which like in any internet subculture, it's going to be messy. But it's in like, for me, that's like super interesting. Like who gets to call themselves that because a lot of the time these are also guys who are just trying to like this is the first time they've really had to confront very complicated uh like complicated um notions of what relationships are right and they don't really know what to do mm. so the easiest thing to do is just be like well society's working against me and here are a bunch of guys who believe the same thing so yeah. right yeah um so you um you you spend a lot of time um interviewing incels interviewing um uh in your book Mm -hmm. um uh you 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 interview um anti-muslim fanatics including one guy who was like basically obsessively trolling you on twitter and um and you actually developed a relationship with him it was weird yeah in person tell us about that so I, I've been worse. So my book uh, is called Follow Me Aki, The Online World of British Muslims. It's kind of focused just on you. It's focused on British Muslims, but it's kind of, it was more of a look into internet subcultures. And I was interested in how an internet subculture could form in a type of community that like had a very long history and like a very long, um, and was like rooted in kind of ancient tradition. Like how could new things be built from that? Um, Part of like, I knew that I would have to kind of look at anti-Muslim trolling because like there was a lot of it. And like, I've been at the receiving end of it, just being someone in public, but almost everyone that I know who uh, was like a visible Muslim kind of got that. So I knew I had to talk about it. And my initial idea was that I was just going to use like a bunch of data, like open data to just kind of talk about it as a problem. And I felt that was kind of boring. And I remember like I was in my office just like struggling to kind of figure out what to do. And then all of a sudden in my Twitter DMs, I have this guy who's just like sending me pictures of like pigs, right? Pigs. They're like really weird. It was just like, I've seen a lot of really awful stuff online. So it wasn't really that like, I wasn't shocked by it. I was just like, this is very strange that you keep sending me this image. And like, um, you've been sending me like these things for the past kind of few weeks and they haven't been responding to you. And like, you still keep sending stuff. So that's when I that had this. Weird. So when I had this idea of like maybe I should just like ask this person like why he keeps doing what he's doing. Um, Were which you like, shocked yeah. when he actually wrote back? Like like because my yeah. assumption would be like a troll never writes back. Sometimes like, they do, but sometimes <clears throat> but they, they would just, just kind write of, back the same kind of yeah bullshit like swearing yeah. at you and calling you. And he whatever. did initially. Yeah. Like he yeah. was he initially just like sent me a bunch of bullshit, and then yeah. as I kind of kept persisting and bearing in mind that like. I was just like really bored at this point. So like I'd been working at my desk for a really long time and I was just like, okay, just like just keep sending him messages and see what happens. And it just turned out that he would keep replying. So over the next few weeks, I kind of just asked him more stuff. And in the meantime, I was thinking, okay, well maybe I can do like a 
Twitter DM interview with him. Like an interview with a troll like sounds like an interesting thing. And then as he, he became like very personal after a while. And I was really confused by that. Just like, why are you opening up to me? Because initially I just wanted to prove that like these guys aren't bots in the way that like they're automated. Like these are people behind them and they're not being ironic. So when you talk about trolling, there are some people who are like, trolling is just like completely ironic and like, you shouldn't take it seriously. That's what a lot of people still kind of shit, think. Shit posting, they call shit it. posting and stuff like that. Again, there's like nuance in it, but yeah. I've always kind of taken trolling to be like, it kind of, there's this line between kind of irony and sincerity and it like crosses, it's like permeates a lot. Um, and it developed from there. And then as he was telling me more personal stuff, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm really interested in this person now. And I want to find out what kind of person like spends a good portion of their day sitting at a computer sending me messages. And my book is entirely about people who kind of forge identities or like um, figure out who they are or kind of, you know, try to figure themselves in out in relation to what happens in the real world entirely through like online spectrums. I have to say like it was almost the way you described him and what his house looked like and his personal situation, yeah. <laughs> which, which you can tell our listeners in a second. It was almost like um, you couldn't have painted a more like... Like I, if I had to guess and I, I'm, I'm a novelist, like if I had to just yeah. like make a quick sketch of what this guy's house looked like and yeah. what he looked like, I would have actually probably like you guessed were, something very there were, likely. There were people who were like, you're lying about this and you've <laughs> made this whole thing up because it sounds exactly like how I would expect it to. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm surprised by that too. I would probably think that I'd be lying as well, right? <laughs> what did so yeah, lie? what did he look like? What, did, what was his house? Well, like? his house was like, I wouldn't say it was like super messy, but it was definitely like- Wasn't he, like the end of uh, of True Detective that, that bad. Like a hoarder. Uh, like, yeah. But he was like a single like divorced guy, right? So he was someone who just like lived on his own and it looked like, I'm a guy who lives on his own as well. Mm -hmm. It looked like my apartment. It looked like, you know, an apartment that was like fine, but like, you know, you've got like dirty dishes in the sink and like- Sam, you're you know, like one guy who is pretty good about taking care of his space i feel like most guys myself <laughs> included are not i was just oh, i mean this but this was like he had mold growing out of like a teacup <laughs> yeah I like mean, he, but i had that too like you know like, I, why, yeah. why are guys so bad at that i don't know anyway. you always just think that i'll do it later it's fine and then like you just forget about it yeah. um and you know i think he was like off from work that day so he was just in like very casual wear and i don't think that he like showered or anything basically he didn't really take like a lot of effort knowing that i was like coming down i think he maybe had forgotten i was coming down until i sent him a text message on the train to birmingham being like hey i'm on my way um let me know if you still want to hang out and stuff um so it reminded me a lot of like just this is like how a single guy lives and um yeah this is absolutely a guy who probably spends a lot of time on his computer you asked like what kind of guy like doesn't kind of clean up after themselves well a guy who spends a lot of time online <laughs> and like just forgets about the rest of it it was also so. though i mean i guess what what was was um just notable to me is like it, he kind of like checked all the boxes for somebody who um you know, it was just going through a hard time in life yeah. and it just you know, seems like depressed. his wife left him with, with the daughter or they yeah. got divorced, I guess, but she, yeah. but the daughter, I don't know like the, the full, wife. I should yeah. say, but I don't know the full story yeah. behind it. I only know his side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it, I, I guess I, I just wonder like, um, I don't know. I mean, d when, when you meet people like that, yeah. um, does it, what kind of effect does it have on you? Is it, is it, yeah. does it make it so that, um, you're, 
you empathize more with where these people are coming from? It was, yeah, it was a weird question because people asked me about this. And when the Guardian piece came out, there was the criticism I got was that I humanized him Mm -hmm. too much or that I humanized him at all because this is someone who like abuses people online. And like, you know, I think it was also probably worth acknowledging that, you know, the abuse that he sent me was pretty like, you know, I, I was fine with it because I've just seen so much bad stuff. But like for like normal people, it would be pretty like distressing, I think. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine what that would be like if you were like a woman, like woman of color, a Muslim woman, etc. Um, And I wanted to be very careful to like not be like, oh, this is just kind of a natural reaction to when you go through a hard time. But at the same time, I tried to like my approach in the book was that visa everyone i speak to is going to be very different from like me and my kind of circles and my communities and there's a reason also why they turn to online communities like internet communities as a way of expressing themselves like there is evidently some sort of void in the material world or a lack they feel like a lack of understanding in the material world and i want to explore that so i think a lot of it for me was just kind of like i just want to understand the world that you come from i want to understand why you would spend kind of time messaging someone who lives in like a completely different city to you who's never met you before um because in many ways that's just like a normal internet experience like we communicate with people that we've never met before like you know i've, I've done that with you right sure, so yeah, yeah. um uh i wouldn't like send you like uh those types of images right. but <laughs> on principle like you know we communicate with you know we communicate with people to find out information to kind of find out about the ways in which they live and how they see the world. And I kind of was just wanted, to, I wanted to see whether I could do that with him. I what, guess. And, and I mean, when, when people were accusing you of normalizing, yeah. like how, how did you respond in like to those critics? Like I didn't, I yeah. didn't, I kind of like, I was, <laughs> this was more just because like, I was really like dreading it coming out because it was like the first section of my book. Mm-hmm. Um, that was coming out. No one had read it. My parents hadn't read anything mm. that I'd written. They didn't know. My mom was really furious <laughs> when like she read. Really? Uh, and what? Because I said to her on the show, I was living at my parents' house at the mm-hmm. time. So I said to her, I'm going to Birmingham to do some book research. I'll be back this evening um, around probably like you know, at this time. And my mom just thought I was just going to the library or something, or just mm-hmm. like, you know, meeting some nice people. She didn't realize that I was like going to go meet an internet troll. And this was the first time she found out. <laughs> I see, I see. And she was just like, you did what? I, I feel like I didn't actually appreciate how dangerous that could have been. Yeah. Mm. So you weren't uh, scared. You weren't scared. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I think that like, I say this to people, which was, I can usually get a good grasp of like, who's a bit dangerous and who's just like trolling and being, yeah. and like someone who I can kind of, Cause I've interviewed like difficult people before and I've interviewed aggressive people before. Um, my, one of my first like newspaper jobs, like I did doorstepping. I don't know like if that, if you know what that is. It's like when you do like, you know, some, like a tragedy has happened or someone's uh, died. Like, and, like the people not, in the area. Right. And you're like entire, you're not entirely sure like what's behind that door yeah. or how people are going to respond to you. And more often than not, those people just don't want to speak to you. And some of them will be aggressive about it. And there's not really much you can do. Like if they like push you, which is like happened to me once, um, you know, unless it's kind of like really serious, like you're kind of just told, well, okay, like just that's something on. that you've yeah. got to expect. Yeah. And, you know, I was like 22 when this like first happened. I could never do a job like that. It's pretty um, scary. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Um, so I was just like, okay, I kind of have a grip of what this guy's about. And if he transitioned from just being kind of like sending me Reese quite offensive posts to all of a sudden telling me about like personal elements of his right. life then 
I don't think he's entirely like dangerous and unhinged. I told like a couple of friends where I was going and I'd be like, I'll text you every hour and everything. So I did like my diligence there. I also knew kind of like, if something did happen, this is the road that you have to run down. These are the places where you could hide. I did Uh like a lot of like security, like my personal security. But I think even, I think for people who like don't understand that world, it's like you went to like this guy's house, you don't know what could have happened. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I mean, to a degree they're they're right, but Do you know, do you still keep in touch with him? You know how he's doing? He like- I tried to, I spoke to him like a few months after I'd met him when I was writing it. And then I tried to message him. So his account got to, he, he's had like four accounts, all of which have been kind of like deleted by Twitter because of like harassment and stuff. I don't know what his other accounts are. Mm. So I was trying to send him this piece and like, I just didn't know what one he had. So I kind of just put this thing online which was just like hey if you're reading this like mess me and like you know tell me your stuff i haven't heard anything back mm. so yeah mm. so okay we, so we have a, a question for you okay. today um Excited. this is a christmas thing this is a christmas thing. yeah we're, we're in december um, as two jews and one muslim yeah we're gonna discuss christmas <laughs> exactly Great. exactly i'm excited um so right none i mean i think some of us might have some experience with this and um and I, you, you wrote a piece a couple years ago about what it's like to be Muslim oh, yeah, in, in England okay, and, yeah. and celebrate Christmas. And so, yeah. um, and I feel like maybe I'm curious about the differences in England and, and the U S okay. around Christmas, but so we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Hey man, I'm 40 years old and married to a wonderful woman. We're compatible in many ways, but completely disagree about Christmas. I'm an atheist and she, while not being religious, loves Christmas. She came from a big Christian family and wants to carry on all of those traditions. Christmas music is playing after Thanksgiving. There are decorations, a tree, cookies, ugly sweaters, tons of cheap presents, holiday parties, traditions with old friends, the whole thing. I hate it. I hate the materialism (laughs) and consumerism of it. (laughs) It's at least you're blunt. Uh, I look at our country and see how it's run by Christians and resent the influence they have over all of us. I want out. I also see how much it hurts my wife that it, that I'm such a bad sport, but I viscerally feel this, we can tell. I, <laughs> I wish we could be married for 11 months out of the year and I could just hibernate in December. <laughs> what do I do? Signed, Grinch in Greenwich Village. <laughs> um, wow. I really, I appreciate the hate for Christmas. <laughs> so you could just feel it oozing off the page. It's um, a lot to unpack. There is, yeah. Well, how, how, how much... Um, like how oppressive is Christmas culture in the UK versus here? I mean, um, so I've never like done Christmas. No, yeah, no, I've never, I've never done. I did my, I did my first Thanksgiving, but I've never done Christmas, uh, here. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a huge deal though with like all the shops and everything in the culture? Just like, like I bet it's really lovely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it would be like as kind of really consumer heavy as mm. New York mm. or, possibly other parts of america um but it's still like pretty full-on like december like christmas time like you kind of you know i i live in london so like you know you can go down to central london and like you know there's lights and shops and stuff like that there's obviously like lots of pressure to kind of you know buy 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 and you know there's always those things about this is kind of where i'm thinking about the question now because like on the one hand it's like he describes himself as an atheist but the things that he really hates about Christmas aren't particularly like religious things like they're to do with kind of the pagan consumer, like the pagan inspired consumer (laughs) rituals, which would be there regardless of like his wife's 
Christian denomination and stuff. It's kind of, it's, it's more just like, I'm, I don't like Christmas, but also I don't like these other things on top of. It's hard. That. I think in the States, we don't really differentiate, um, between, it just seems like the consumerism as part of celebrating Christmas yeah. is like, it feels religious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. To a lot of people. Did you, did you grow up celebrating Christmas? Yeah. 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 Um, do you, do you like Christmas? As a kid, I loved it. And, um, you're now, I could tell my dad didn't like it. My dad's, my dad's Jewish. And, mm. um, uh, my mom is basically an atheist, but she grew up with a Christmas tree. So we just had one and we did Christmas and, yeah. um, uh, but, uh, but then like I have a, I have a religious Jewish wife. And when I brought up the idea of a Christmas tree, many way before we were even married, she was like, never. Wow. And at first for like a second, I was like sad. And then I was like, eh, I don't really give that much of a shit. <laughs> yeah. But, but I was thinking about like, I, I have a, like a general rule around this kind of dilemma, mm-hmm. which is like, if you're in a relationship, especially if you're married, I think where the stakes are a little bit higher because it's a pretty big deal to fuck up a marriage. Yeah. Um, like, when when two people care about something, like I just think that the person who gives more of a shit kind of gets to <laughs> win. win. Yeah. Um, like and and like with something like Christmas, it's like if I was I don't know, I'm just trying to imagine like if I was in this guy's shoes, like um yeah, like now I I dislike all the materialistic aspects of it too. Like I I do feel like um especially like now that I've embraced more Jewish identity and like my family is very much a Jewish family. Like I do feel the oppressiveness of like (laughs) people assuming like people like saying Merry Christmas to me when I don't celebrate Christmas walking down the street. Yeah. Um, and, but, but I will say like, I don't know. I'm just thinking if I'm in this guy's shoes, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, your wife loves this. It brings her like unbelievable cheer and, 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 like great memories flooding back from her childhood and yeah, her community yeah. and blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. There, there's just so many hills to die on in life. And it's like, is this, is this really the one that you, that you need to die on? I think, and like, yeah. you know, that's yeah. my first step. Yeah. The second step is like, how could he like maybe start to enjoy something? <laughs> I, enjoy. I think, I think the first part is a really interesting one. Cause I think with like, we talk about like the Christmas season and kind of like the connotations that it has. And most of it is like emotional connotation. So this idea that like you can have, this small period of time in a year where you can just kind of be happy or just mm. like feel like a little bit warm and content. <laughs> That's true. It's like people have to um, wait all year just to be right. happy in December. Right. And it's kind of like, okay, there's stresses that come with that in terms of like, you know, gift getting and, you know, that's like a whole other thing. Right. But I think at the, like the very, but he doesn't, it doesn't seem to be like his wife kind of like wants him to do particular things. It's just like, I for bet him, she'd it's just love like, to share it with him. But. Yeah. It's more just like, I, I get this idea that like she would like him to just, you know, you know, enjoy some of it. And he's finding it really difficult to do that <laughs> for like very, very personal reasons. And again, I think like Sam is right in terms of like, is this really the hill that you want to die on? I think that's uh, so hard though, because it's like, I don't, maybe it's just me, <laughs> but it's hard. Sometimes it's like, if, if I don't like something, like I, it's not like I'm in a position to be like, well, I don't like it at 50 and i know you like it at 100 so we're good like if i don't like it i just don't like it it's like impossible to to let it go maybe i'm just really petty but like it's okay it's a tall order but like could you imagine just thinking about it like this like um your wife 
loves it and seeing her joy just brings you joy. Yeah, I th- that's a that's I mean, I'm I'm acting as though I'm Mother Teresa. I <laughs> that's hard to do. I, but yeah. but that I mean, that would be the ideal, right? If he could just like get into the space of being like I'm just enjoying the fact that she's enjoying it. I, I guess, don't have to personally yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. I guess like I would like to know inf- more information about like how his wife how her, how his wife responds to his kind of like disdain of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like at what point cuz this this is about like tolerance, right? I think at the core of it. It's kind of it seems like he can kind of tolerate enjoying Christmas at a certain level, but he does, again, it's like he maybe like he'd be happier at like 25, but she's at 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I wonder if she's kind of tolerating his like disdain and like is there is there like a point of compromise where it's like okay well and i I don't even know that's like a really complicated thing because um you know i i grew up not celebrating christmas and coming from like a very religious family and then very recently my sister who like isn't a huge christmas buff but she was just like i just want to get a christmas tree and Mm. like have friends over family over and stuff is that uh What's the equivalent of kosher? Is that, or, is is that, that halal? Is that, um, <laughs> I mean, to some probably not, but I think that like for my sister, because like, you know, Christmas in the UK isn't really like particularly a religious thing. It's just like a holiday, right? Yeah. So I know a lot of Muslims who have like Christmas trees. Oh, okay. Not like they don't kind of spend a lot of money on it, but it's more just like, hey, here's like this cool like thing. Like we want to fit it. Yeah, like here, it's just like. Here's this cool thing with lights and like it looks kind of fun. <laughs> Do they give each other like presents that. and stuff too? Sometimes I think. Yeah. So like recently with my family because my cousins come over to my family house so we do like the secret is there, do we have like secret santa here and yeah. stuff yeah, yeah. we do like you know so it's not like big presents it's not like a big you know thing we have like a large of unusual meal mm. but it's more just like this is a period of time where like no one's at work and like i very rarely get to see my family uh-huh. so it's like a nice kind of there are like nice things in it um which i i you know i don't know whether that's similar to this guy's issue I, I imagine though there must be like like I grew up as a Jew in New York like yeah and we have our own traditions right I bet but it's like not like we went to the movies we Chinese got Chinese food, food. <clears throat> yeah. like that's what you do on Christmas like we yeah. we were very much like we're not we're not doing Christmas we're doing yeah. like Jewish Jewish Christmas, Christmas yeah you know? um, yeah and I don't know I guess so I, I was thinking about what you said before Sam about like. Like I, I would honestly, I think in the past if, and today, even if someone said Merry Christmas to me, I'd feel weird. Like I, like that is not, I don't want to hear that for, you know what I mean? Like, um, and by the way, like I, again, I don't know if this is a thing in, in England, but like Fox news is obsessed with like the war on Christmas and like, yeah, hates the term happy holidays. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> it, it is like that in the UK, but like to such a kind of small extent, but it's like laughable even to like yeah people who would like are really kind of like into christmas is like there was like there's like an annual thing of like people getting outraged about like starbucks cups but i just feel like that happens everywhere so um because they say happy yeah. holidays I w- yeah. yeah i was just thinking that actually it might be just like one thing is about like pervasiveness right it's the idea that you know because i feel weird when people say merry christmas Dude, to me but yeah. i also feel weird when they kind of expect me to say it back yeah i think that's the part um, that feels weird because it's just like i don't have like i'm not offended by it 
but it's just like not in my kind of like muscle memory. Yeah, it's like not so, words that come yeah. out of my mouth. Yeah. So like someone said that to me, someone said it to me like yesterday when I went out to like the grocers and I was just like, oh, was that? Was like, yeah, was, uh, <laughs> see you around. Uh, I was just like so confused about what to say. And then I felt really bad, but like I came across as rude, but it's like, no, this is just like not a part of my life. And maybe if it was, and in this, in this dude's case, like it seems to be that like Christmas is a big part of his wife's life. Yeah. So like, if that is ingrained in like your kind of, you know, your actual memories, your attachment to that period is going to be so much deeper. And like, as a partner, I think that like it, you owe it to your partner to kind of at least try to understand that yeah, and at least kind of like respect it. Um, even if like you're a little bit kind of, you know, what you, you don't, we don't want to like get as involved <laughs> with her, at least kind of like respecting that that attachment comes from a particular historical place, I think is important. So I will play the flip side now, which is, <laughs> I mean, if this, this guy, let, let's assume this guy isn't just like a random grumpy dude, but like a very committed atheist who has like very strong, you know, he's read like, all the books on atheism. <laughs> he's like thought very deeply about this and he has very, very strongly anti-religious views. He really mm -hmm. believes that, uh, you know, religion and Christianity in particular has been I feel like people like country. that are dicks. I got to be <laughs> sorry to the atheists. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't <laughs> sound like it. It doesn't sound like his issues are to do with like the religious component. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you can't, uh, if you can't, uh, excuse me, if you can't, uh, distinguish between like, um, that this is a cultural thing, you know, and not like anyone telling you to believe in God, but yeah. you're still just like, I don't want religion in my life. Um, this reminds me of like the new atheist that like the new atheist kind of thing that happened in the mid 2000s mm -hmm. when like of which i was like part of okay. like, you know, <laughs> where it's just like oh i don't like christmas because like people are hypocrites and like they buy stuff even though like you know they kind of they uh they shoved the words of jesus down and jesus wasn't materialistic so it's yeah. almost like you kind of get yourself in this loop and really what it is is kind of like it's this very weak criticism of like capitalism right and it's also just like a very disingenuous reading of religion um so you're it's, it's kind of not even kind of effective in any way and this is i i can completely get where that disdain comes from because when you say that people are just like also it's december people are tired of like <laughs> i don't you know i don't want to like talk about anti-capitalist like critique right now i'm just exhausted so I think he kind of needs to also choose a lane uh -huh. to be in. Like, do you want to be like anti, like anti-religion when it comes to Christmas, or do you want to be like anti-capitalist? Mm. Well, let's take let's take the anti-capitalist for thing for a second, because I can I can vibe with that more than the anti-religious <laughs> hatred of Christmas. Yeah, like it is it is kind of crazy that um, we every year do this thing where we spend a lot of money, <clears throat> often. Basically, I mean, the day after Thanksgiving, now on Thanksgiving Day, like running into stores or going on Amazon mm -hmm. and spending like a ton of money often on stuff that's going to feel like obsolete the next year. Like it just seems like a bizarre ritual mm. of like wasting money and, 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 um, you know, and just like feeding an addiction to something that like we all know doesn't make us happy. We all know material objects don't make us happy. So why do it? On the other hand, like now at like that, that, that is how I felt as a younger, more strident man. Like now I kind of look at these things and just with more of a smile, I'm like, yeah, it is a little bit silly that we do the, we do this thing where like every year we spend all this money, like 90% of these gifts 
we don't give a shit about like a couple days later <laughs> and like often throw out and clutter up our house. But like, there's something actually just, just touching about like that. We just do this as human beings that we all, that almost all of us like enjoy this ritual, even if it's, even if it like is kind of a ridiculous ritual, like there's something like, you know, just it, you have solidarity with other people when you pra- when you, when you participate in this. Well, stuff. He's, he's looking for a different kind of solidarity, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he's like a Christmas anarchist or something, or I don't know. He like, he wants to, um, it just seems like he wants to burn it all down, you know? Um, and I feel like that is kind of Grinchy. He's right to call himself a Grinch. Well, wh- I'm usually you're the one who's who who's bending over backwards to empathize, to with, empathize the, uh, with, with the guy, and I'm usually the hard ass. Maybe so because I'm I, trying to yeah. empathize. <laughs> I feel like we're all unanimous that he's just that you're being like too much of a dick here. Yeah. <laughs> you might, um, you know, like I mean, so I'm Jewish. My wife is not, and it was and her family celebrates Christmas. I now have a tree in, I mean, we don't have one at this moment, but we will. Um, so I've like really come around on Christmas. So maybe that's why I'm like less, uh, were you pro tree the first time it was brought up? Deeply uncomfortable, deeply uncomfortable with, um, Mm. all of this stuff. Um, but, um, I don't know. You're right. It's nice. Like, and my kids really enjoy it. Like they're, they're happy. I think that's another thing too. Like when you get kids, when you have kids, so like, all the kind of all my kind of friends who grew up in very religious environments, like when they got kids and like the kids wanted like lights and trees and stuff, they were much more relenting to that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't, I don't know about like, the intricacies of like Hanukkah, but like with Eid, for example, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of prayer that happens in Eid. There's a lot of kind of like recognition. There's a lot of um, like you're kind of always the, the whole idea of like, god is sort of like reinforced and then i mean you get your presents and stuff afterwards but it's like not the centerpiece whereas i feel like with christmas in the way that we understand it and maybe in the way that like when you have kids it's very much like presents are kind of at the core of christmas 100 yeah. percent. so yeah. like if you were the kid who didn't get pre- i was the kid who didn't get pre- presents in like christmas time when i was younger mm. and was like oh my god that must like suck for you and i was like no it was just a normal day and like i kind of got to hang out with my dad because he got a day off work but that was it like and it was fine but even teachers i remember like even teachers were kind of like you didn't get any presents at christmas time and that was like a real is there another day that uh, muslims get presents on i mean there's two eids um there's one after ramadan which is the fasting one that's like when you get well when you used to get all the good stuff all the money like packets of money and everything yeah and then there's like another eid which happens uh before hajj and you can get presents for that but most of it is just like No, most of okay. it's like food. It's like, you uh-huh. know, you have like lamb during that day. So yeah. there's like the Eid after Ramadan is kind of like the equivalent of Christmas for like lots of young Muslims like mm. around the world. Yeah. I wonder if Jews, like if giving presents on Hanukkah is something that Jews just like made up. I think so. Like That's around my Christmas because we didn't yeah. have a thing where yeah. we got money. Right? Yeah. <laughs> One thing I would also say is that with Eid, like if you go to Saudi or in Dubai or something during like during post Ramadan Eid, it's even more kind of insane in terms of like the consumer component than oh, really? any Christmas would be. Oh. You could like, you know, um if you think about if you think about like Dubai, like they kind of re reorientate that whole kind of like work schedule around Ramadan and Eid. So like Ramadan being like the first days of fasting. Now in the UK, like I have to like work and do my job during that. And it's like, I'll be honest with you, it's not easy to do. It's like really hard to like mm-hmm. maintain a job and everything. But if I lived in Dubai, I could sleep during that time. Wow. 
all my offices would be closed. I wouldn't have to do anything. I could just like watch movies. Salman Rushdie like has like these anecdotes where like he just used to watch movies during Ramadan. Mm. He used to do like tons and tons of them. And then after each fast, when the fast breaks, you have like a whole night where you just like eat really extravagant food and like you go to, you know, you can go to parties and stuff. It's like really like, so you have like basically 30 days of Christmas during that time. Um, So I think there is something to be said about like, even with those types of, very traditional like more traditional like holidays like the kind of consumer component can still really seep in mm-hmm. and like take it over yeah um and i think like with diaspora can commu- like you know diaspora communities always have to like na- like navigate between the two right yeah so she's like you know raising kids in like new york or london or whatever so the way that we do it i guess in the western world is like very different to like maybe how we do it in like the homelands i don't know like what maybe like hanukkah and stuff is like different in israel I, i'm not you know well they i mean because they like i don't know i don't really know how hanukkah is i mean there's some things that are different but yeah it's not even that big deal big of a deal of a Han- holiday right. so whereas like over here it's like it is I'm it's guessing. elevated here to compete yeah. with christmas it's only a yeah. big deal because of christmas though. yeah like it, like it's like probably the fifth or sixth most important yeah. jewish yeah. holiday right that's interesting. Um, super interesting but uh but yeah, I mean, in general, I've just been thinking more about holidays, like, and maybe this is like the effect of having kids or, you know, just being, becoming like a nearly 40 year old, old man, uh, of just like the, the kind of like disdainful attitude I had when I was younger about like, oh, this is like such a sheep mentality. Like, that like everyone like just has to like do this thing because like, you know, the the crowd is doing it and like we all have to buy gifts at the same time and this and that. And now I look at that and I'm like, that's actually nice. Like <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, why can't people just like give each other gifts on a random day? You know, <laughs> like, like if like just be generous, man. Yeah. And, and now I'm like, well, A, it's hard to just be generous on a random day. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm more realistic about that. But but B, I think that I it's actually just think, not how culture works. No, and I th- right, exactly. And I think there's something nice about just like the um the the fact that you're doing it at the same time as everyone else is doing it. Like there is mm-hmm. like like yeah, I can roll my eyes at like people going nuts on Black Friday, but on the other hand, it's like, okay, so so lots of people at the same time are going out to buy something that they think someone they love will really like. What is so bad about that? You it's know very what I mean? generous of you. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what is so bad about that? I mean yeah, I feel like this guy's got two choices. Like, if you want to be like super anti-capitalist about this and just like, and take like a big critique of Christmas, like you could do that. That's like a particular vibe <laughs> that you're gonna be taking, yeah. and uh, your wife is gonna have feelings about that, and your friends too. I think that's a, a very particular kind of identity if you want to own that. Or uh, yeah, you could lighten up. You know, and um, yeah. and see that like, yeah, you're participating in culture and and that's good. And maybe and right. Culture may be arbitrary and may not have like deep moral like foundations to it all the time. But like, but so what? You know, like it's yeah. it, it's something that connects us to one another. And I think yeah. all, when all else fails, like sort of going off of what you were saying, Hussein, like like the attachments, like it's like, I don't know the things we feel about at holidays are mostly about when we're kids. Like imagine your wife as a little girl enjoy yeah. Like all the things she enjoys are because of how she grew up with yeah. it and yeah. like her delight in it yeah. might soften your grinchy heart, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like there's other kind of like nostalgic and like nostalgia related things that he kind of goes through. Like it's just that it's not 
kind of signified on like a big holiday, right? Totally. So maybe worth thinking about that if he's like if he's listening. Okay, yeah. but on a practical level, like how, how do does this guy deal it? with like something that pisses him off? I mean, we can say like it's all well and good for us to say, hey pal, What's like living just in, enjoy it. You know, he, you he, know lives, he lives in New York, right? Uh, so we we change. We don't know. We oh, we, we okay. change that. We I always. See. I was going to say this is like a very Christmassy city. Like it sort of is. Although I haven't actually noticed that much Christmas stuff lately. Or I mean, every time when I was saying to people like I was going to be in New York, they were like, "Oh, you're going to be in New York for Christmas. Oh, That's yeah, like amazing." The tree, like Rockefeller. Yeah, Center. I don't know. Maybe it's just like you know the pop culture that we like yeah. consume in Europe. <laughs> I don't know. Like you know, one thing that I did that actually did kind of help me get into Christmas was like because I love music so much. I just like really found like christmas songs that i like instead of like the dominant culture songs because like i was sick of those yeah yeah. and like when i could hear like christmas music that i could get down with like that was like my my entry point into getting into christmas i think that's a good thing as well it's also just like just because you know christmas is like these types of holidays are kind of what you make them and you can kind of forge your own kind of traditions totally and forge your own kind of like things so like you know i know that um, you know, for some of kind of like the Muslim holidays that I, you know, I've, I have like, if you read my book, you'll see like, I've struggled a lot with like, you know, faith and everything. So a lot of like, when you have these big days, I try to kind of think about, well, how can I kind of get the most out of it? Mm. So maybe if like, you know, maybe with like long periods of prayer, I can't get out of it, but maybe I can kind of, you know, take like a walk and really just think about things or like, mm. you know what I mean? Just like instituting time where I can be like during and then that way, like the holiday sort of becomes your thing. Yeah. You have to take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So just like the same way that his wife kind of like sees Christmas in one way, maybe he can kind of, you know, say, okay, I'm going to like carve out some time and do something that I want to do during this break. And that will be like my Christmas. And yeah. Stuff. I'm also so. thinking just, just to uh, <clears throat> stand up for our friend, the Grinch here. <laughs> so he doesn't feel like a total doormat. <laughs> like, you know, maybe as a reward for being a good sport about Christmas, he could, um, you know, basically take a different day of the year that his wife doesn't give a shit about. <laughs> like, like what? About, you know, what I, one thing I've been thinking about sometimes, like, I don't think about it a lot, but I thought about it this past Labor Day. I'm like, no one actually celebrates Labor Day. They like, just like take the day labor? off. Yeah, but if this guy is like an anti-capitalist. Like <laughs> We've maybe, just like yeah. given him a whole bag. Maybe they can like do a, a, like, a, a fun actual thing around Labor Day or like, you know, like actually. What, what comes to mind? I don't know. But like, for example, some of, some of, um. Uh, my parents' close friends in Boston like were involved in the civil rights movement. They actually celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Like mm. they have a party, they you know read speeches of his, they sing old civil rights songs. Like you know, and it's a meaningful day. And it's like it's actually for them. It's like probably one of the biggest holiday of the year. You know, so like if yeah. if I don't That's know, maybe awesome. maybe there's a way for this guy to just like you know like ask his wife, all right, you know, like I'm going to, I'm, you know what, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be gung ho. Cause this is your holiday, but I want to, I want to make sure that my values are, are really respected on another day. So maybe it's labor day. Maybe it's may day, whatever yeah. the hell day it is. I like pick your own day and, and have I, fun with that. I definitely like the idea of caring about something. I always like that. And it's like, yeah. like get, get into it. You know, if you, if you could get into that, I bet like <laughs> you could see why she gets into Christmas. You yeah. know what I mean? Just yeah, don't I be agree. so closed off about everything. We always ask our guests to uh, to end the show by sharing a piece of advice that they value personally. That it, so we're wondering if any if anyone's ever given you a piece of advice that you. 
Oh, too many people give me advice. One of them is like, don't just go to a random troll's house. Like plan, <laughs> plan in advance at least. Um, that's an important one. I would also just say that like the, the, the best piece of advice I've ever gotten, and I'm not sure if this is going to be useful in any way, was from a journalism teacher of mine who was basically just like carry like a, a notebook with you and just kind of observe stuff. Mm. Um, and that's like not even if like you want to be a writer or anything. It's just like a good way of kind of understanding how people like move through the world. So I like I've been kind of doing that for years and I don't know whether it's like made me like better understanding people, but um, I think it's like a good way of at least kind of being more present. Hussein, where can people find you if they, uh, they want to read more of your work? Mel Magazine, mm-hmm. uh, Hussein Kizvani or my Twitter handle at H Kizvani. Or you can buy my book. I think like if you're in the States, you can buy it from Oxford University Press or DM me and I'll figure out how to send on. Tell to us you. the name of your so. book once more. Hmm? Tell us the name of your book. Oh, one it's more. called Follow Me Aki, the online world of British Muslims. Uh, Aki is an Arabic word, which means brother. Or, oh, yeah, we'll put up a link. Too. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank that. you. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right. That's it for our show this week. As always, if you have a question that you need some help with, you can email us at heymanpod at gmail.com. Better yet, leave us a voicemail, 917-426-4326. All questions are changed a little bit to be anonymous, but we'd love to put someone's voice on the show. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at HeyManPod. And if you have a moment, give us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. And one more thing, when you're over there giving us that review, just click subscribe. Thanks.